Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Strongcast. I'm Mark Boyd. I'm here with Mr. Paul Sullivan. How are you today, Paul? Very good. Very good, very good. And we have our special guest today, the arm wrestling fanatic, Ryan Bowen. You can see him there <laughs> up on the screen, flexing one of his swans. How's it going, Ryan? Man, I'm, I'm real well, lads. Thanks, for, thanks so much for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. So, yeah, good, good, good times, good times. Where are you tuning in from, Ryan? Man, I'm in Brisbane, Australia. Uh like some people call it the mecca of arm wrestling, Brisbane, Australia. Uh, at least the, the Brisbane Eight, the famous Brisbane Eight from here. But uh, no, it's a good part of the world, and um, it's nice, nice, nice weather. Everything's good, so yeah, that's that's home for me. I must say, your head looks massive on this screen. We've got, we've got, we've got. <laughs> that, well, you know what you know what they say: that the, the bigger your head. The stronger the potential. Yeah, that's, right. I, I think. I think. I think that's a direct yeah, that famous promise. Yeah, yeah. That was before the statement you made about uh, Australia being the the mecca, um, the big head. Can we just have a little flick through your cameras and and that stare that you gave us just yeah. before we came on? Look at this. Yeah, we, we, this. we got we got the the sensible camera here if I want to demonstrate something. But then if I want to make a big point, I come over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. Great setup. Yeah, Love it's it. too fun. Love it. Ben, can I get a close up? There we go. There you go. Yeah, I got a that'll, close up. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we want to find out who is Ryan Bowen. And obviously, we're going through this mm. evolution in arm wrestling. I'm sure your studio is going through a, an evolution as well. But talk us through. Oh, who is Ryan Bowen? What's your background, your sporting background? How did you get into arm wrestling? Your achievements in arm wrestling? Mm. Talk us through it. No, big, big, big story, I guess. Yeah, arm wrestling's been a hell of a journey. Um, for me, I, I, I always just like right from the earliest of ages, I loved sport. When I was like three years old, um, I was obsessed with sport. I already was declaring by sort of five years old that. Uh, I wanted to play sport for Australia. Um, my parents had asked me, well, but what do you want to do for a real career? And I said, no, I want to just play sport for Australia. That's all I want to do. Um, I didn't know what sport. I tried every sport. Uh, as a kid, I was uh, just stupidly competitive. My sister hated how competitive I was. She would always be complaining to my parents saying, can you please just tell Ryan to stop with the competitions? Um, didn't matter what it was. It was every everything in life was a competition um, for me. So I think just deep down, I've I've always just loved the competitive spirit. And I grew up 
trying a bit of everything. I was I was always good on a on a local level, regional level. I'd I'd be top of the field, kind of whatever sport I touched. Um, tennis became the thing from age seven through to seventeen. I was I declared like in my own head. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to become a Wimbledon champion and things like that. And I went all in. Um, and arm wrestling was always randomly there in the background. Like I, I, I remember when I was 12 years old, I actually bet my dad. I said on my 18th birthday, I'm going to beat you in an arm wrestle and I'm going to put 50 bucks on. Um, I lost, I lost the money. <laughs> I didn't beat him, <laughs> but it was all, it was always there. I just didn't know it was a, a sport. So for me, uh, growing up as a kid, tennis was the big thing. Um, I got to, as a junior, like I got to, at age 17, I was in the top 10 in Australia. I, I won a few national titles and then whatnot, but I was never able to crack into the pros. I was always right on the edge of it. And when I got to the end of high school, I had to make a decision. All right, do I stick with tennis and, and pursue this uh, at the senior level? Or do I go get a job? And I, I chose go get a job. I went and joined the Australian Army. So that was, it was a really tough moment. Like that, that point in time in my life, it was, I'd say it took six months to decide. My, my, my dad was gutted because he'd ridden that journey with me the whole time. He knew I was close to the level. My coaches were like, what the hell are you doing, Ryan? You're right there. Like you're six months away from being relevant in the, in the open level. Um, but weirdly, I, I and it was actually a, a, an evolution in my mind when it came to arm wrestling uh, years down the track. Uh, I can now reflect on it that at that time, I'm pretty convinced that I just was not mature enough to to handle high performance sport. Uh, I was intimidated by the people above me on the ranks. I just didn't think I could beat them. I just thought, no, there's no way I'll never be able to beat them. They're too good. They're too physically, uh, just they're, they're too good, faster, better, whatever. Um, and I, and I, I, I put a ceiling on my own, own, own ability. Uh, so I went and joined the army, uh, did seven and a half years, uh, in that respect as a aerial, aerial delivery logistics officer. Uh, so throwing people and cargo out of planes, that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> <do>. and, <laughs> yeah. and arm wrestling came back or arm wrestling popped up as a as a professional sport i noticed it uh, for the first time as i said i all through high school or through my army career i i won 99.9 percent .9 of arm wrestles against mates against family against people other soldiers it was it was i don't know i had no technique other than i don't, I don't even know I, I wish there was a video out there of me arm wrestling when i was a kid because i'd love to see how bad my technique was but I could probably I replicate it. it for you right now if you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. New man, new people now are so good. They, uh, everyone's aware of the sport now. I, I, I was certainly in that category of not aware of the sport. Um, but uh, so, so going through with my, my military career and whatnot, I ended up getting out of the military and, and deciding, okay, I'm going to uh, start a sports supplement store. And I did that. And where arm wrestling came back in and where it all kind of kicked off and the, I guess the, the background story conclusion in, a, in the short sense is that my wholesale resupplier, he challenged me to an arm wrestle one day um, and he, he beat me, kicked my ass <laughs> and it pissed me off because I didn't, I didn't lose to my buddies. I didn't lose to anyone in the military and I'm like, who the hell is this dude? 
beat him in, in an arm wrestle. And he was a kickboxer at the time. He was a former national champion kickboxer, retired from the sport. So he had just physicality about him and good, strong hands. And he and he crushed me. And I was like, damn. And I said to, I said to him as he le- left the store that day, I said, dude, I'm going to beat you next month when you come back. And, and he said, no, you're not. And, I, and when he said, no, you're not, I said, and look, add to that, I'm never going to lose to you again. And he just laughed. And um, as he left, I got straight on the internet, discovered the world of arm wrestling. And I was like, oh, shit, this is my second chance. Because I still, in the back of my mind, I kind of um, I kind of let myself down with the, the tennis, where I stopped with tennis when I was right there. And I don't... And I, and when I when I found the thing, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my this is my second chance at being a professional athlete, and I I haven't looked back from what, there. What year was that? 2013, I found wrestling. Yeah. So almost 10 years in the <laughs> yeah. Can I just skip yeah, back there where you talk about the uh, the tennis and saying you put a ceiling on your kind of own beliefs of what you could do. Do you regret that now? Mm. Like, like you're saying you weren't mature enough you, and, and, you know, at the time, but do you regret not giving it that that try when the people around you, I, like you've alluded to, believed in you? Yeah, look, there's a part of me that that does. Um, I, I, I re, but only selfishly. Like, I, I love where life's turned out. Uh, I love the the sport of arm wrestling. I couldn't be happier. And but there is a part of me that wants to know could i have made it like if i had just not been such a, a a wimp in my in my head could i have made it and i think i could have with the, the mindset i have in arm wrestling that i didn't have back then i think i could have but it's it's i wouldn't call it a, a major regret at all i just try to make sure i impart those lessons on people that are at that age now like i've got the young nephew and things like that that are that are really at the pointy end of boxing and he's and, and during his young teenage years. And so I was just trying to, I guess, try to be the person for other other young people that I needed to have guiding me. That's kind of what keeps me going. And, and it's satisfying seeing other people. I, I, re- I really do genuinely enjoy coaching people and bringing out their self-belief because it was that, it was the self-belief that, that I lacked at the time. And, uh, and now I'm now, now I'm on the other end of the scale. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I might be the most hated person in armor wrestling. Um, I might be. Me and Michael Todd probably. <laughs> but because I project my ambition now way further than most people are comfortable with. And um, and I get that. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it, the delusional Ryan Bowen series, but where it's it's pretty much based on me saying, yeah, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this, that, or the other. I'm going to get it and, and watch out. I'm coming. <laughs> you've got to manifest it. Yeah, exactly. You've got to believe. It's something that you've yeah. developed over the years and sort of a contrast from what you were when you were younger. That brings me back to the tennis. Is there any crossover with tennis and arm wrestling? Do you think? Oh, for sure. I I, I think so. I think there's a big, big crossover. The, the main thing is the pronation. The, I used to be a really heavy topspin forehand style arm wrestler. I mean, style tennis player. <laughs> and, um... That's a new one we can add in there. No more kings move. Topspin arm wrestler. <laughs> topspin arm wrestler. Um... But yeah, man, I, I think the hundreds of thousands of heavy topspin forehands that I hit um, developed conditioning uh, in in my pronation. When I arrived in arm wrestling, uh, just on the local Australian level, uh, I mean, I won my first tournament that I pulled. I, I, it didn't take long for me to be the, the top guy in my weight category in the country. Um, that being said, Australia was in its infancy. It's not like I was in 
Latvia or Georgia or something like that and going straight to the top. I was only beating other relative newcomers to the sport. Um, but I do think there was a crossover for sure. Tennis definitely helped. And, I, and I, I know a few other guys that have come from the background of tennis that are straight away badasses. So I think there's something to it. I'd, I'd love to see uh, maybe, I'm not sure if the money's quite big enough in the sport yet to lure any significant tennis players <laughs> over, but yeah. uh, I'd love to see someone like Rafael Nadal. I reckon he's got all that top. I was just going to say, have you seen, I'd love the, to see him. the size difference on his yeah. his left arm to his right arm? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. he's been it's giant. ridiculous. Pumpkin. I mean, we, Honestly, we better thing, watch like, what we're saying here because Sully's going to be down the stairs swinging a tennis racket. <laughs> <in a minute. laughs> have, have, have a look at the difference. I don't know if you can you see between my, my right and my left. But it's just the wrist yeah, thickness. Yeah. The, it's, it's significant. Um, but I've been... So you use your right hand giant, arm, is it? Great camera switch. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're right-handed. I'm all... I'm all about. I, I don't train my left hand at all, um, and I, I've been that way my entire life. Uh, I know Devin Larratt has Devin Larratt's like two and a half, three years into Giant Pumpkin, uh, which is his term for just focusing on one arm. And um, I've been that my entire life, not just entire arm wrestling life, but my entire life. I've like tennis from age seven. Obviously, it's a, it's a one arm sport. I mean, my left arm is pretty good at throwing a ball up accurately. That's about it. Um, but my, it's it's been super fast. My right arm is now longer. Like my elbow to fingertip is longer on my right than it is my left. My wrist is bigger on my right. Um, some my 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 fingers are thicker on my right. Like everything is bigger about my right. Um, do, it's, do you struggle to buy gloves? I, I would love, I would love to go under a, <laughs> an MRI and have it all measured accurately because it's so, I hear so many people saying, nah, gosh, surely not. Surely your surely your arm hasn't gotten longer." in a bone sense but i don't know it it certainly is if i put my my hands together like it's 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 obvious people say to me ah oh, it's a camera angle and i'm like no there's trust me there's no camera angle you'll find when my left is equal yeah there's none it'd be it'd be interesting <laughs> to see an mri actually i think yeah. i reckon you should, you should get one done and we'll, mm. we'll uh, analyze it yeah but i've been not i've been nine years nine years of training purely my right um i i compete on my left only to kind of just get a feel for the tournament to get a feel for the referees left always goes first so i'm just like yeah let's let's do it whatever um i, uh, I take a win and take a loss whatever i don't really i don't really care um and I, and I and a lot of people ask me why the hell do i do that it's a bit weird but for me because my ambitions are so high and i want to be a world champion um every time i'm in the gym and i touch a weight with my left hand i get paranoid like Dude, you could be training your right right now. You've only got two hours in the gym today. Why the hell are you wasting any of those moments on your left? So I quickly put it down again. So that's kind of where I'm all in. All in on the right. Yeah, there's a mental barrier there as well. How many times do you train in a week currently? Uh, six days a week. Six days a week. Uh, six days a week, twice twice a day each of those days. Um, all in terms of all arm I'm wrestling a... specific, right arm specific. Yeah, oh, all right arm. Yeah. Right arm, right arm, hand and wrist and elbow. They are my, they are the, the things that I matter most. I have in my head. I have a. I mean, it's a it's a winding path. It's always an evolution, as 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 all strength sports and combat sports are. You're always assessing your weakness and trying to trying to fix that relative to your next match or your next opponent. Um, so I'm always evolving, but the very, very vast majority of the time, it's fingers, wrist rise, and elbow conditioning. I feel like those three things there are the most 
significantly rewarding strengths to be dominant in relative to your opponent. Like it's great to have big, bigger pecs and bigger shoulders and bigger lats and bigger biceps even than your opponent. If you're behind in finger flexion, wrist rise and elbow, you're going to get smoked. Doesn't matter. Like, and that's where Larry's at. Like, I know we'll touch on that later, but like, he's a great example. Um, so much fundamental power. But for me, yeah, I, I, seven days a week or six days a week, I'm focusing on those little things. Plus, I'm getting... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, table time as often as I can. I will always, if table time's on offer, I will always put it above uh, gym time. Yeah. But it's not always on offer. For me, it's, it's minimum once a week with a, with a club of about 25, 30 guys. Um, so I get good, good table time when I do it, but, uh, it's not always available. So, but yeah, once in, about, about an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening under time under tension for me. Wow. That's interesting. Cause you talk yeah. about bone structure, like rather than talking about the, the sort of forearm and the bicep, you talk about the elbow, the wrist and the fingers. Can you t- talk us through like the different things you would do for training your fingers, training your wrist, training your elbow? Is there any specific that you do for each yes. of these? Yeah, there is, and, and I guess I'll reflect a little bit more on the generalized side of the sport. As the sport grows, a lot of people, um, a lot of people make the assumption, and I'm even guilty of this, even in the sport. But a lot of people make the assumption that the bigger guy wins, or the guy who's obviously stronger in a muscular sense wins, um, and it's just not the case. It really isn't the case. I, I personally feel like the longer I'm in the sport, the more I'm realizing in the sport is about st- uh, stability of your joints. Stability of your joints trumps muscular strength. Um, Todd Hutchins, man, what an example of, of that. That dude, I, I, like, he's only got what, 15 inch forearms, for instance. Um, he's only got. 15 and a half inch biceps like that's not impressive in any in any gym sense there's so many guys out there that have developed a bigger fundamental uh set of strengths but man there's that dude about us like he's in the pointy end if we're talking elbow conditioning he's i think he's best in the sport i think he's got a better elbow than than levan um i think he's got a better elbow than anyone and he is he's he's walking proof that stability through the elbow and in the wrist and fingers matters so the way that we go about and train those things uh, for me for me i i love i love medium weight high reps so medium weight for me might be to put on a three inch three inch wrist wrench um so that's going to straight away attack my fingers we need to get that on camera angle. All I'm doing, oh yeah of course good time. <laughs> so three inch wrist wrench get it into my fingers uh, take the load up and just just micro movements, micro movements, be it supination, be it high pronation. Uh, I love to expose my elbow in a lot of matches. This position here, where you you're fully supinated, you've got your your, your opponent's pronator limited by your fingers and your shoulder engaged. Here you've got connective tissue in your shoulder, connective tissue in your your elbow, and connective tissue in your wrist. All at all at its limit. 
there's a lock on all of those things. Like everything, no one, nothing's going. Arm wrestling is very much a bone sport. A connect, and, and, and I and I say this with caution. If you're a newcomer listening to me, don't please don't go out arm wrestle your buddy and just jump into this position. You'll break your arm. But once you're familiar with the limitations of your own body and you're familiar with the pressures of the sport and you know how to keep yourself safe, the person with the more conditioned chain of those three joints, man, they 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 control. They control center first and foremost. They control the technical aspect of what's available to them. And man, the endurance of this position is massive. You can sit here. If someone, if you're on someone's bicep and they're lifting and you're just blocking with that, just count to 10, the match will be over. Their bicep, you can only redline in a muscular sense for three to 10 seconds, like genuine redline. So for me, the training is just replicating all these critical positions, just finding um I, I used to be guilty when i was early days of big ugly broad movements and nowadays i'm just refining it in i love to train five millimeter movements just the five millimeters that matter uh at the end of the day when you're in an arm wrestle i always think that there's one critical moment in the fight that just cascades everything else and then from there you've got the victory so for me when i go into a super match i I really dive into my mind on analyzing, okay, where is that critical moment? And if it's right at center at the go, cool. That's all I'm doing in training in the lead up. If I expect it to be out here as a defensive catch, and then it's whoever wins the rotation battle, then, okay, I'm doing that. If I if I think I'm going to get on the offense and my, my opponent's a real big bicep arm heavy sort of defensive guy, then the critical moment might be over here, might be on rising and kicking back. And whatever whatever it is that... I've decided is the most critical thing. I'll then just go and replicate that in the in the gym with cables and handles and just hit that damn thing from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps. Yeah, that's how I do it. Very specific. That's a yeah. pretty fascinating approach. That is yeah. specific as it gets, really, isn't it? Yeah. Sully's taking notes. I was, I was, yeah, I'm quite fascinated by that because I, <laughs> I love the fact that if you say that if even in that stress position, if, if people haven't trained that or don't have the endurance in that position... Once they've got into that position, they'll quickly, they'll quickly lose it, right? But if you are trained in those positions and conditioned in those conditions of your joints as opposed to your muscles, you've you, mm. you've got the advantage. Like, I, I I know that um, I I have a myotherapist that I see pretty regularly, and um, I went and saw him regarding my one of the one of the ligaments in my elbow. I'm not going to pretend to know which one it was called. I forgot. But anyway, a ligament in my elbow was was flaring up and uh, he, he held my humerus on my left arm and grabbed my radius and ulna and kind of just like felt its, its movement within the joint itself. And he was like, okay. He said, your, your left is quite restricted. I, your elbow is pretty, pretty tight. He said, most people are going to have a, a fair bit of slack here and the slack is normal. He went over to my right and went to do it. And he's like, dude, there's no slack at all. Like I can't get any joint capsule wobble in your elbow. Um, he said, man, that's super, super fascinating. I've never, never felt that. And I think that's because of arm wrestling being arm wrestling is such a sport where we're not, we're not going in linear fashions, not the way our body's designed. We're doing everything against the grain and, and this position here, uh, it's 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 not normal on the body at all <laughs> but yeah. but it is so critical in arm wrestling like i was saying if you 
I think that conditioning is so valuable that like at, at the end of the day, when you grip someone in an arm wrestle, you know straight away within you, there's, a, there's alarm bells start going off within the nerves. They send signals to your brain that if I come forward at this guy, I am going to break something. You know that. You can feel it and you don't do it. You back off. You either back off and try a top roll or you give up. You concede on rotation and, and open your bicep. You can feel when someone's connective tissue is just better than yours, more resilient than yours. Um, so for me, that's like everything. I just get all in on trying to try to increase those things. I, and I really don't care if someone's stronger than me in a fundamental sense. I, I've got so many examples of matches where the stronger guy in a conventional sense just just can't match, doesn't even get close to matching the guy who's who's got elbow conditioning. Yeah. So talking about that little ligament injury you've had there, have you had any other sort of significant injuries like nine ten years long time doing doing arm wrestling the, the, the yeah. sort of the amount you train on one arm that's a that's a lot you must also be blessed with pretty good uh <laughs> internals let's say i haven't uh had any major injuries which is good um you, you you go through you go through seasons of of tenderness and stiffness and you have to i've had i've had a really bad shoulder one hey, actually that would have been my worst i i considered surgery uh, on a shoulder but my the surgeon said to me look you don't need it i could give it to you but you don't need it um and i and i got through that by just changing my style i i i, I couldn't go sideways i couldn't use that position that i was that i was talking about it was hurting my shoulder too much flaring up in the bicep tendon was popping out of its natural groove and um I, all i had to do was a whole lot of external rotation i just strengthened everything with external rotation because arm wrestling is so much about closing in um i needed to strengthen the external rotation i'm doing dead hangs just to give health back to my shoulder um that's as bad as it's been but i i've i know devin larratt's two rules when he, he's a big influence on me he came out in 2014 kind of set the path of uh how i was going to train and he, he said look there's only two rules just love arm wrestling and never stop they are the things and he and he, he he will tell stories about it. he arm wrestled the same day he had surgery uh, even if it's just just gripping up with guys and just saying just just touch my hand don't don't give me anything just just let me put three grams of pressure into it um and so i i listened very carefully on that and i've done the same and for me training every day, a lot of a lot of people have asked they said how on earth do you train so much and not flare up or cause injury and i, and I think it's I think it's just you just got to be sensible. I mean, it's just all relative effort to inflammation. I, I won't, I won't just bang into side pressure over and over and over again and just expect my body to keep up. It, it, it won't. But when you get that flared up, you just you just go to within ninety percent of what you can handle without causing any more acute uh, pain and um, and yeah, just adding layers of conditioning constantly. For me, I, I get excited about what I can achieve in a couple of years. I don't get excited about what my training will do by next month. I get, I'm get, i real excited about what is through, what is through, what does five years do to me? Five yeah. years of this stuff. So that's kind of the way I think about uh, training and that. And, and I think that I'll, I think that actually helps me with the injury prevention. So I've been, I guess in the end, I've, I'm pretty good. I haven't been injured. Yeah, so I think it's a great perspective on anything uh, in general, talking arm wrestling, talking business sense is just having that vision that building up layers of the cake and uh yeah 
eating the cake in five yeah. years' time. But we all want stuff now, don't we? Just, yeah. And that's what this generation has become now. Yeah. It's like convenience now, results, social media, everything now. But that two, five year, that's where the, yeah, well, the actual I mean, growth I can, happens. I can, all the cliches are true, though, aren't they? Like, you do have to love what you do. Otherwise, you won't you won't keep leaning into it. I know that, like, on the business side of things, on the YouTube side, I, I, I know that I, I famously, I think I earned, in the first five years of my YouTube channel, it was like I earned a total of thirty-four dollars in revenue or something like that. Um, Boys, we're I, on track I, to be. We're on track. <laughs> <laughs> he set the bar. But I still, I, I still put, I still put just as much content out in that first five years. It's just no one was watching. No one cared. I had no credibility in the sport, um, but I, I enjoyed it, and I, and I had. I was like, no, this is gonna, this is gonna. My, my whole thing at that time was like. Look, if I ever do make it, and I and I intend to, I think it'll be really cool for people to be able to look back and go, "Oh my goodness, look at Ryan when he was in 2014." Yeah. Like I, the content that I put out in that first year, man, it's uh, it wouldn't even recognize me. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, that dude? Yeah, Who is that? <laughs> awesome, just to be able to look ben, back. Let's get, cool bit, let's get a little clip up on the screen next to it so we can see that first, oh, no. the first oh, no. video. Yeah, the yeah. first video. Right? Very first video, Brian. Bowen. No, no camera angle switches or. Yeah, I don't think we've got yeah. that. The, the left arm is the same we, size we, as the right arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, weirdly, one of my very first videos is like video maybe number seven. It, it actually is doing really well on the YouTube algorithm. It gets it gets recommended all the time, and it was um. It was but and I understand why it's titled "How to Deal with Arm Wrestling Pain" because at the time I was going through so much arm wrestling pain, like yeah. major flare-ups. I was in my first first couple of weeks of it, and I'm like, "Oh man!" and and I, and I just describe what I would do, what I'm going through, and I just, just describe how I dealt with it. Um, so a lot of people still find it today. Um, and but man, I look like a child. I look yeah, like we'll a child. It. So obviously talking about your YouTube growth, the evolution of Ryan Bowen, talk to us about the evolution mm. of arm wrestling. Obviously you've been in the sport for, for nine, 10 years now. Tell, talk us through yeah. what's happened during that time. Man, um, in the nine years that I've been involved in the sport, I've observed a few chapters, I think. Um, when I arrived, the, the big things were Nemiroff Cup, uh, which has now become the Zloty Tour, um, which now is kind of, we don't even know where it's at. Um, but the Nemiroff was there. Uh, John Brzezank was still the man. Um, uh, Arm Wars was big. Arm Wars was on Eurosports. It was on pay TV. And that was actually kind of where I saw things. Uh, but, but, and then, uh, and then, I mean, I, I, I witnessed the, the emergence of the WAL rise and uh, somewhat fall. Hopefully they're back. I don't know. Uh, the social media era where we're at now it's been it's been very interesting i think when i when i found arm wrestling and i had ambitions of making it a career there was nothing there, there was no platform to do it on um there was no there was no legal organization paying even the top guys the the best guys on earth were not career arm wrestlers not yet they were they were making five or ten grand or something like that uh, at best um they weren't, they couldn't rely on it. And so it's, it's seeing that evolution to where now there are a number of athletes out there that genuinely call it a career has been pretty damn awesome. And I know that for me, that was, that was one of the big things. I, and the reason I started the YouTube channel was I wanted it to be my, my, my career. 
and I recognized, ah, look, there's, there's no, unless you're the top guy. And even if you are the top guy, there's still maybe not a career there. So I, I started and said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to document everything I do and I'm going to grow a media presence. and I'm going to start a business that will allow me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I have to call it a career. And uh, I've got, always had the two, the two goals running parallel being become an elite arm wrestler myself and then make a company grow a company that can empower other arm wrestlers to call it a career too so those things are, are both happening and, and man it's come a long way it's it's phenomenal to see athletes now making proper money in the sport it's it's freaking awesome i think i i don't feel like we're far away before the sport is globally just just acknowledged um when i started arm wrestling in the first 12 months i remember my friends everywhere worker shows associates everywhere just laughing and saying you know is that really is it really a thing you sure you sure it's a thing um where now now uh, everyone like i said most people i find now understand that arm wrestling exists as a professional sport so it's come a long way in that in the nine years that i've i've been involved I've, yeah, it's, it's taken some big steps forward no it's definitely especially in the past few years it's been pretty exponential with Larry bringing the light on, and obviously we've we've put together King of the what, Table, what, and what Larry, what Larry did was crazy. Like, um, it was a real worrying time for the for the sport when when travel restrictions all did what they did, thanks to COVID and all the other nonsense. Um, it was a with the sport being as small as we were at the time, it was a very dangerous dangerous period. I remember I was due to get on a plane to go and face Brendan Lemon Mulverhill from Canada in the WAL. It was WAL 601. Uh, I was on the opening, opening card. Um, who else was on that card? I think Devin was pulling on that card too. I forget who he was going to face. Um, anyway, I was on that card and I was 10 days away from getting on a plane when the world shut itself and everything got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and I remember and we're, thinking, we're oh, talking man, about I'm, a sport as well that's, hand to hand face to face yeah like there's no other way around uh, that situation it's back it, you then, gotta be in the same room i fancy myself yeah, virtually no... <laughs> so it was a big impact in the sport i i know from my business at the time it it re- there was definitely a big hit like I, I was i was making small amounts of money through traveling and events and i was going to pull the wal then i was going to pull devon larratt's bottom eight and then I was going to uh, stop in at John's and create some content. Like had all this, this kind of two-month tour that I was going to do. And all that got killed off. And all of a sudden, you only had, there were no events to talk about. The only thing I could put out was damn training videos of me doing side pressure one rep maxes. And I'm like, man, how long can you? The audience is not going to stay interested in this for long. Um, and that's all we had. But then, like, as you say, Larry came along. Larry... Larry came along and got interested in the sport. Um, and yeah, man, thank goodness for Larry because uh, without Larry, I don't know 
I don't know where we'd be. Uh, he initiated through his social media presence and King of the Table. Uh, um, he he held up the sport during the hardest period of the time. We we had things to look forward to. We had matches to look forward to, and even though there were no tournaments because you couldn't you couldn't get the travel for for that many people uh, organized, but super matches were possible. And Larry uh, and Core Sports, yeah, they 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 uh, kept the, the the pulse going, and and it's actually come out the other side, like you said really amazingly well i think the sport has grown through this period um exponentially as you put it uh i know from i can certainly say for me as a business where i'm at now relative to two years ago like phenomenal difference in terms of viewership and revenue and and everything everything's up so yeah it's been it's been an interesting time but a good time yeah it's, it's awesome to hear as well the impact that these events have on not only the athletes involved but everyone else sort of as part of the sport so it's great it's great to see that there is a sort of growth spark happening with and out with the sport yeah it's actually an interesting take that without the events without stuff happening you can't create the content that more people want to see that actually get more people into the sport yeah. more people learning it and doing it so it's like it's a big that wheel. knock-on effect yeah. right down to somebody who's yeah. not looked at it before but comes across a video that video won't be there yeah. if they weren't happening so yeah. mm. and you, yeah, you wouldn't have many angles of cameras you know no <laughs> and you still be having 34 dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely wouldn't have that <laughs> <laughs> nailed it so, nailed it so where do you see the the sport of arm wrestling going like what would your vision be personally where do you want to see it mm. um obviously we'll, Man, we'll be taking notes as a promoter and... i want to see the sports um digital footprint uh on par with other professional sports that, that's what i i think is our biggest job as promoters as commentators of the sport uh, I want people who investigate the, the sport. I, I really try to to ask myself the question when I'm making a video, when I'm making content, when I'm dreaming up an event, anything. I the first step for me is to put myself in the shoes of someone who's never seen the sport before, never heard of the sport before, and that's I try to watch back my content. I try to design my content from that perspective because arm wrestlers will stick around we're, we're a patient bunch we've been doing that for a long time we've been putting up with a pretty shitty representation in, in terms of professionalism and marketing um for decades and yet we still love it we're not going anywhere so i don't have to worry about impressing arm wrestlers i have to worry about impressing people sports fans that have never seen it before that have just stumbled across it and, and so I, I feel like we have to we have to look at it that way and we have to ask ourselves what are what are the other sports doing that and and do our best to just replicate that level of professionalism across um across the the board and, and we're getting there we are we are getting there like the, the events are stepping forward every every event's better than the last one um there are more there are more content creators than ever right now that um that add flavor to the sport and it, if you just look at the standard of content creation from the commentary, the, the collective group of people doing those commentaries, that's rising as well. So we just got to keep on going and just just push forward into as close as we can. Like I, I think arm wrestling has historically um, 
struggled because we've had a, an investor come along and an investor will drop big money and get bugger all return and then just say, well, shit, I'm out. Um, and that model, is, it doesn't work. A big investor coming in does not work. Um, the only way it happens is by the sport organically having people like you guys and people like Larry and people like Devin just just building it, just just building it. We're not going anywhere. We'll just keep on building this damn thing. Um, and then we can afford to, to pay for the professionalism uh, ourselves. We're not relying on, an, an, on a giant investor coming in, making it more a donation than a sponsorship because I, I personally hate seeing sponsorships that don't get any return. It's, it's bloody embarrassing for the sport when someone drops big money and then they that business, that person walks away going, shit, I just wasted 50 grand. Uh, yeah. I got nothing back for it. Yeah. That that you don't want you don't want that feeling. No. no one wants that feeling. It's like, yeah, no one wants to be doing that. You, you feel like you're you're ripping people off. So I think the sport's headed in the right direction because we have a number of people now, key key organizations and people that that are most importantly they're making a profit. If we're not making a profit, uh, what's the hell? What the hell's the point of of doing it? No one will stick around. So. We've got a good amount of key players making a prof- profit and just slowly, steadily building. And, and, and all ships rise with the tide. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction. And I think we're at a chapter now where, man, I think the next 12 months is going to be massive. What if, where the sport goes in the next 12 months, I'm excited. I'm yeah. really excited. <laughs> where, uh, where are you going the next 12 months? What's on the cards for Ryan? Or what, do you, an an the, what do you want to be on the product? cards? Both. Oh man, I, I, yeah, but I've always had both columns going, and a lot of people ask me the question, which which column is more important to me? And my answer is, look, they're both. They 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 run in parallel. One doesn't function without the other. Uh, I don't think I could be anywhere near as good a commentator if I wasn't inherently in the trenches, trying to become the best armist that that this world's got, um, and vice versa. Um, so. For me as an arm wrestler, I'll start there. As an arm wrestler, I want to be the world champion at my weight. That's 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 the big, most significant goal that I have in my mind. Um, what's my weight? I'm 92 kilos right now. So I, if I had to, I could pull it 85 kilos with a water cut. But the 90 kilo world title is the firm goal. I, um, what's your timeline? I don't think I'm that <laughs> far off. I don't think I'm that far off. Like, man... Who's on the chopping block? I'm not afraid. Yeah. Who's on the chopping block? Who have you got to dismiss for that? Come on, give us a name. Yeah. Look, look, look. People like uh, I would. I want to pull Bojidar Simeonov. Um, he's like an 85 kilo world champ. Uh, I want to pull people like Raymond Zantanovich from Latvia. Raymond Zantanovich is a one of the OGs of the sport. Um, he's got wins on people like Prudney, uh, for goodness' sake. And uh, he eliminated me from the Zloty Tour uh, and took 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 a spot in the under 95 kilo top eight uh, invitational. But um, names like, like his, names like uh, Totiev from Russia, um, these are all guys that, honestly, I, I just, and this is where the delusional Ryan Bowen series comes. I'm sure someone's going to grab these sound bites, but like, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to group up with any of those guys. I'm, I'm confident I'm at the level where I could, I could, touch hands with any of those guys and be like even if they beat me i'll be like oh shit i felt it it's just over there i just just need to add a little bit more here so i'm i just for me the next next 12 to 24 months i just want to face guys in the top 10 ranks in the world at 90 kilos 
for, from Americans, that's that's RVJ, or actually, I was meant to face RVJ, but I think mm-hmm. he's gotten fat now. I think he's eating too many donuts and he's, uh, he's up <laughs> yeah. around what one. Happened one away, so that, I don't think he's yeah, what happened there? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know what happened. We had the match signed. It was done. It was a deal. There was so much talk about it. Something happened in Rob's personal life that I, I, I just respected. I wasn't going to dig and inquire, and he pulled out. Um, so we lost that match. But uh, RVJ was one of them. Uh, Paul Lynn from the USA, he's, he's another one. The guy that Paul Lynn just beat, David Samashuya, he's a 85-kilo world champion that that sense. Like, these are the names. That I've got. I just see all of those guys, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I, look, there's a big part of me that wants to conquer the USA. It's, it'll be satisfying because the USA is very, it's a very loud marketing place. And a lot of those guys, uh, a lot of the fans in the USA have always been the leaders of the delusional Ryan Bowen. So there'll be, it'll be a very satisfying moment to conquer the USA, which is, uh, it's one of the, one of the, one of the things. I, oh, I do want to be the number one ranked. I want to be the number one ranked ginger in the world. That's a big Fair. goal. Yeah. Ryan the Conqueror. Ryan the Conqueror. Yeah, I, I, that's a big hit. I, I, I would like that's to a... say, I think that's one of the coolest titles. Probably will be the coolest title I'll ever achieve. If I can officially take the number one ranked ginger in the world, I would be very happy. In all, <laughs> in all weight categories, I don't care. Ginger arm wrestler <laughs> in the world, in the cosmos. <laughs> so talk yeah, to us. Uh, obviously, you've matched up with our man larry wheels talk to us about that matchup mm. your sort of um opinion on larry as as an athlete in the sport talk to us about talk to us about larry well you know i, I larry is an arm wrestler i remember when i first saw larry express an interest in the sport when he said he wanted to have i think this was before he'd even had his very very first group up with schoolboy and I remember thinking, uh, and I put, I'm pretty sure I put out a video saying, "No way, Larry's going to get his ass kicked. He's he's not going to stick around in the sport. Uh, he's he's just a, just a flash in the pan in terms of interest. He'll he's too good at other things for him to want to stay involved in this." Um, he proved us all wrong by staying interested and by becoming being determined and and being willing to just take punches and go, "Okay, okay, okay, I can work this out." Um, Larry, I admire Larry for that big time. His consistency in just trusting that he can get there and work it out. Um, I really do admire him for that. On a physicality sense, having touched his hand, sorry, Larry, I'm going to be very honest to you, Larry, if you're watching. When I, before the tournament started and I gripped Larry for a photo, just a photo, no, there was no arm wrestling pressures or anything. I knew right then and there, I thought, oh man, Larry's, Larry is going to get belted by face Larry. I could just feel without anything, I could just feel he's still still lost. He's still unsure. Uh, I could feel that. Come come the comp day, uh, when we, we, we met, I felt the same thing. I felt confusion from him and I felt that I could protect. He didn't know where I was going to go and he had, he had no idea what sort of attack I was going to make. And he didn't posture well. That said, I pulled with him afterwards and I said, Larry, I'd love to feel your strong land. And I went, we went into his strong land and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> the fundamental strength you have in your lane is huge. It's re- like he was pinning me with just his bicep. I was controlling his rotation. I was controlling this rotation. Uh, yet he was able to just drop down on his bicep 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And pin me with just pure bicep. I thought, whoa, okay. I had the opportunity to train with Larry for a sort of half an hour one-on-one session. And and honestly, I feel if I if I could take the reins of Larry for two weeks, if I train with him daily for two weeks, I would. He's he's strong enough that I he would toy with me every day of the week um, with just some very simple execution and familiarity in in, in efficiency. Um, so he, I, I really do believe in Larry that if he does stay and if he does figure it out. He has the fundamental horsepower to be at the very, very pointy end of the sport. He, you can't rush conditioning, you can't rush rotation, but he's his bicep strength, his pec and shoulder strength, uh, and his wrist flexion strength are already good enough to be very competitive at the top level. Um, as I was saying, rotation he's got to develop, elbow conditioning he's got to develop, R- fingers and wrist he's got to develop still, but he has half of the the strength already needed. Uh, if he moves well, he'll get there. One thing against Larry is he's cursed by his strength. Uh, it is difficult to be so strong and and so new because you want to use your your basic movements. Uh, you're just tempted to go and use your biggest horsepower straight off. Um, Larry, if I was to train with Larry, I would r- bring the pressures down to 20% at best, um, and I would just we'd just play on the table at 20% and map everything for him because he, like I said, he's too tempted to go for his biggest strong zones, but they're very basic in shape. So without the awareness and without the conditioning and the strengths and the little things that matters, he's still a long way behind the eight ball. But if he ever discovers those things and can proficiently execute on them, he will go a long way. He will be very high. Like I said, I think two weeks, if I spent two weeks with him, I don't think I'd ever beat him again. We need to get it booked in, shall we? Well, we'll show the video to him and uh, see what he says. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, it brings arm wrestling back to that sort of um, relativity to to all people. It's, it's not all about strength. It's about the technical capabilities and the conditioning overall <laughs> is where you're going to win in arm wrestling matches. I think that's... Yeah, well, the old debate of um, which is more important, technique or strength, Um and I, I, that is an argument that will never, ever, ever stop, um, because there is clearly, there is clearly, clearly a gap that at, at that degree of gap in strength, no degree of technique will fix it. I mean, my eight-year-old son is a badass on technique. He's not going to beat Larry, um, clearly. Not going to beat any adult. Um, so, so there's there's that. But then on the other side of the coin, you take two people of the same strength. One guy knows how to move. He will crush the dude who doesn't. And you see that in novice arm wrestling all the time. Novice arm wrestling and amateur arm wrestling is where technique has its biggest amplification of force. Um, Because you'll you'll come up against a big bodybuilder who's just entered the tournament because he saw a flyer and he's never pulled before in a club. And, And man, he looks the part, but 
and some 55 kilo guy who's been arm wrestling for 12 and a half months with decent basic technique will flash pin him and it'll be like yeah. what's going on here it'll confuse everyone in the room um well, someone's going home as you get closer arm. To the, yeah yeah broken arms happen too against those those big big guys that don't understand what's going on it's horrible i've seen 11 of them i i i hate i no longer promote novice level events i don't i don't do amateur tournaments anymore because and almost everyone i ever ran it was broken up um so i don't do them. but the strength and technique thing the it is a combat sport and at the professional level the higher i higher you get up the the tree or the ladder sorry um I'll say the less opportunity there is to take something on a technical level from your opponent, because everyone's aware. Everyone is a, is a, is a professional athlete. They understand the complexities of the sport. But the thing is, I don't, there's, no, there's no limit to the complexities. You can always be further down that rabbit hole than your opponent. And again, Devin Larratt, best example. You hang out with Devin Larratt. Uh, he's been pulling 28 years, 29 years, something crazy like that. He still sits there and looks up to the sky and is thinking about his technique going, have I missed something? I think I think, I think, think squeezing my thumb that way or something purely small and obscure, he'll still be searching. Uh, and the reason he's doing that is because when you face an opponent, if you're ahead in that department, you lead the dance. And they chase. And when your opponent is chasing you, they're holding on to you. That allows you to control the shape of the match. And that allows you to capitalize on their errors as they chase you. And when you capitalize on an error, your strength is amplified. Theirs is diminished. And the most beautiful feeling in arm wrestling is beating someone that you know is stronger than you. It feels friggin' awesome. Yeah. Like it's it's amazing when you like you you come to a match, you're terrified because you can sense the physicality of your opponent. Like, holy shit, this dude is this dude is rock solid everywhere. You can feel his joints are good, everything. You're like, oh no, I'm in trouble. If the ref just says go, I'm in trouble. But you go to work and you find the connection to the strap and you and you, you do your thing. And next minute you're like, holy shit, I've got to stop. And then when you've got to stop through technique not through strength it's like having a fish on the line it's like having a 20 pound fish on the line and you've only got six pound line on your, on your rod so you can't you can't go too hard at this thing because it'll snap so that's what it's like it's like oh i've got him i've got him I've got him. you just go you just got to float and keep it with him and chase him and just confuse him and not, and, and that is what it's like and that it, heaven forbid if someone of larry's strength ever works that out and can do that oh man it'll be over for a lot of people but that's what I love about the yeah. sport. And that's why I think the combat side is so important. Um, it's always good to be strong. Yeah. Being strong is always good. Uh, but you want to be strong in the things that have the biggest reward. So I, my approach to the sport is to say execution, efficiency as your highest priority. And the strength will then arrive in the things that matter most, in those critical areas. So... People like Larry, it's tricky because they're so strong using basic movements that uh, they f they don't like the feeling of being weak. They don't like to, it, it feels unnatural to to be to act as though you're weak. Um, 
but you need to be weak to find out and discover these little movements so man it's a rabbit hole it's a rabbit hole i love going down and i would i i could go down it for hours <laughs> no i love it i love it you've you've brought in connotations of tennis and fishing into armless and hopefully get some uh fishermen <laughs> jumping on the table and uh wonder if levan does some fishing on the weekend anyway that brings me on to obviously the big matchup coming on we're talking about strength and technique here we've got devin mm. larat against levan sagnas really king of the table four mm. tell us what is your predictions where do you see devin at, at the minute where do you see levan at tell us man what what a match hey what a match like this arm wrestling's had some pretty big moments but this is this is the biggest moment uh <laughs> it's the biggest moment by a long shot in terms of the timing of the, without disrespecting other great athletes of the past um this one's the biggest and the reason it's the biggest is a, is, is a few factors one is the physicality of levan and the other is the story or the personality of devon um the physicality of levan he is the first of the super giants that have ever existed within a sport that has been 100 dedicated to arm wrestling we've seen people in the past richard lupke's uh cleve dean uh there's been plenty of giants but none that have just been purely an arm wrestler levan has built himself um, to a degree that no one else has ever done before. His hand and wrist, his pronation, his specific static back pressure—like it's 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 unheard of. It's 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 crazy how strong the dude is, specific to arm wrestling. Um, so there's that factor. The other factor is Devin. Uh, Devin's contribution to the sport is probably the biggest of, of anyone that's existed. John Brzezinski is undeniably the, the greatest arm wrestler of all time. No one will ever replace him in that unless what he did in the sport, he conquered the Levant Saganishvili of the time when he was 19 years old. It was Richard Lovkies. So John's been the number one in the world from age 19 through to 57, if we're talking about within his weight category. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I don't think anyone will ever catch him and replace that. But what Devin has done is equally, and in, in, in other respects, uh, even greater than what John's done. His impact on the social side of the sport, on spreading the... The, the reach of the sport on building culture within the sport globally. Um, there's no one that's come close. He has been the tip of the spear. And in, in over the last decade, Devin has brought more people to the sport than anyone else. I think than everyone else combined. Devin single-handedly. I mean, I see it all the time. I will run into people in the street and they'll say, Oh, have you seen that? that dude and i'll be like devin Larratt, and they're like and i'll say yeah i'm buddies with him and they're like what your buddies with devin they lose their mind um devin has brought a lot of people so 
when you bring those two things together, the physicality of Levan, the craziness of, of Devon and his legacy, um, the armies of fans that are behind Devon from the Western fan base and the, the, the fan base that hate Devon that are all about the pure Eastern European uh, dominance. Man, it is the biggest storyline ever. Uh, it couldn't be more interesting. It's like a, it's like a, it's like having a level ten barbarian on a video game up against a level ten <laughs> wizard. Like they, they, these guys are as good as they get in very different categories. Um, and man, I can't wait to what, see what happens. I love both these guys. Levan's the favorite, but if Devin wins. Man, the sport moves forward. It, it, nothing better could happen for the sport than Devon winning. Uh, sorry, Levan. I, I respect Levan, but Devon wins. The sport jumps forward so far because the world, the mayhem of the internet and people just losing it over that victory would be. I kind of. I, it, it'd be. It'd be huge. It'll be. It'll propel the sport forward five years. I think if Devon. Do it wouldn't surprise me if you saw this on Fox Fox Sports or something like that, like as in the news clip of Devin beating Levan. If it happens, like I, I think the whole world will go, Hang on a second, what? No, yeah. It really is the David versus Goliath, but you've still you've avoided the question, <laughs> What is Ryan Bone's predictions for Devin? I think, oh, we, I think oh, we got oh. from that who you want to win, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, but we you haven't said who you think is the fantasy win. league, yeah. yeah. Okay, for sure. Well, and look, when you when you say it, switch your camera, right? Levan, <laughs> I'm gonna be sl- I'm gonna be somewhat political still. Levan is get off the fence. The he is Levan <laughs> should win. He he Levan <laughs> has to win. He does. He has to win. He's too strong. He's too strong. But look, if you asked me a month ago. I was 95% certain, maybe even 98% certain that Levan wins. Um, where I'm at now, my honest thing is it's about 60-40 Levan. I, th- I think Levan wins. But shit, the closer I get to this, I'm just, I just, I don't know what it is. Am I, am I buying into the hype or, or not? But I, I, I honestly can see Devin closing this gap. Whether it's through mentality, whether it's through, um, I don't know how he does it. He's a master at building mental pressure on an opponent, and I think he's doing it so well on Levan. Um, like, look at Armbets. Look at Armbets right now. Devon's stake is sold out. Levan's is not. Where the hell is the confidence gone in the Eastern European <laughs> fans? Like, Devon's Devon's blocks are selling. Levan's are not. That was not the case when they when they started. When they started, it was Levan instantly sold out. No one, and it was a slow climb on Devon. Now it's now Levan is. We're waiting on Levan to sell out, so we can buy more on Devon. So, I don't know what it is. Is is that is that going to come to be reality? I, I see it this way. If Devon Devon will go to work on Levan's hand from the instant they they step up to the table. He will be going to work on Levan's hand. Levan's arm is far too strong for Devon. Uh, Levan's hand is far too strong for Devon if they just grip and go. But Devon will go to work. He will he will cause chaos 
He'll talk to the referees. He'll cause delays. He'll get close to a re- too close to a start just so Levan will muscle up, and then he'll put some bullets in. He'll then look at the referee, step back. He will. He Levan will have to be on his game not to erupt in frustration. Devin will throw the kitchen sink at him in terms of pushing the boundaries. The more that Devin does this, if look, if Devin cracks, if Devin flattens Levan's wrist. Then it's it's done. It's done. It's over. Devin will win from there. So that is the question. That's the critical thing. Can Devin flatten Levan's wrist? It's like, yes, he can. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Well, do you think that uh, we're going to see the best da- uh, Devin Larat to date? Oh, hundred percent. I think yeah. Where Devin's at now, um, it is the biggest baddest Devin uh, there's ever been. Uh, I don't doubt that for for a moment. Um, Devin's had layers of conditioning more than anyone else. As he said, he believes he's put more time in the gym specific to arm wrestling than anyone else alive. Uh, he's same in table time. He said more table time than anyone else on this earth. I think that um, combine all those factors, he's conditioning there. He's got the highest level of table IQ uh, of, of any arm wrestler. He's got more tools in his bag than anyone else um add to that the fact that he's now in a physical shape that is the biggest he's ever been um i think yeah he is the best and i remember i asked a poll maybe four months ago on my youtube channel how big does devon larratt need to be to become the favorite and i listed 280 pounds 300 pounds 320 pounds 350 pounds and most people answered 320 pounds I think Devin's going to be somewhere around the 305, 310. So at this, at this, at, the, at that point, man, yeah, Devin's a dangerous, dangerous dude. Like Todd Hutchins said, the other, Todd Hutchins, we know, just beat Arakli Zarakashvili, uh, uh, who is, of course, Levan Saganashvili's training partner. And Todd Hutchins, he didn't ragdoll him, but he beat him convincingly. Todd Hutchins has gone on record since as saying, I can say, to you, arm wrestling world, Devin Larratt is at least 50% stronger than Arakli. At least 50%. So, and then, then you then you say, oh, wow, okay. So then you look at Arakli and, and Levan. I know it's only on the practice table, but you say, okay, add 50% strength to Arakli. Where's the balance now? If that if, if Todd Hutchins' assessment is accurate. Um, the version of, of Devin we're going to see is the biggest, baddest version that has been. Uh, he's right there. He's right there. It's it's going to be close. How about Levan? Where do you rate him at the moment? Are we going to see the best Levan Sagnash really? Where's his weight at? 400 pounds? Yeah, yeah I think I think he's 400. I think he is 400 pounds. Um, <laughs> he is. He he has evolved a lot. Um, he is definitely at his peak. Uh, if you look at his his uh, last few super matches, if we go back to 2018 when he pulled Dimitri Trubin, um, you'll see that. He didn't trust his hand. What I mean by that is, is Levan was posting and pronating off the go. He wasn't dictating with his fingers. He was he was catching with defensive bicep and pronation against Dimitri. And after he got a stop, he then climb, regrip, take the wrist, and go sideways. Um, his match after that, have a look at what he did with Vitaly Valetin. Again, uh, his defense was post and pronate and then control and then take the wrist 
have a look at his last match, Dave Chafee. Different Levant. All of a sudden, mm, no post and pronate, just I'm going to crush you. <laughs> you can't get away. He trusts his hand all of a sudden. So I think that Levan is at his best. Um, I think he's still been trending upwards over the last, even though we haven't seen him particularly active. What he did to Dave Chafee tells me that, and when I look at his technical shape, like I said it was very different to anything we'd seen in the past. So I do think that he is at his best. Um, and I think for Levan, this match is like the, it, 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 he could retire after this match and uh, he would have a very rock solid legacy. If he's 6 0 is Devon, what else is there to do um, for Levan? It, it's, it's all been done. He, can, he could retire right then, and everyone would say, for a lot of decades to come, mm, I think Levan was the best there's ever been. Uh, so beating, beating Devon is important to him. I expect him to turn up in the best shape he's ever been in, for sure. I think that's a, a nice little summary on why this is actually the biggest, greatest arm wrestling match of all time and in the history of the sport. I think they're both coming the, in. The winner, of, yeah. the, the winner of this, I don't care who you are, the winner of this is the best of all time for me. Like, respect to John Brzezank again. I don't think the peak of John was as high as the peak of these two gentlemen right now. I don't think the peak of Andrew Pushkar. I don't think the peak of Richard Lovkies. I don't think the peak of Denis Saplenkov or Alex Ivovoda. This is all subjective and up for debate. But my opinion is the winner of this match is the highest peak on the sport ever. Um, so, yeah, it's a big match. There we go. I hope You've we get them it. sitting in here with us. We will, yeah. We'll get them facing each other. Get them facing we'll, we'll put a label on it the best arm wrestler of all time uh, yeah, courtesy, yeah, of, and, and courtesy that's, of Ryan that's, Bone yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing a lot, a lot of people get upset about the term best arm wrestler of all time they confuse it with greatest and um, and again to, the difference the greatest to me is about legacy and impact and, and again I don't think Devin, there's nothing Devin could do nothing Levan could do to ever take John off that spot, but but they certainly can claim the best, the highest peak, and I think that um, yeah, this match will determine who gets that title once and for all. Quite like that differentiation. Yeah, the best and the greatest. There's yeah, a difference. Yeah, no, that's, I that's quite true. like that. That's true. Yeah, it works in all sports. Yeah, yeah. That this brings us on. Obviously, we've been talking about arm wrestling, sports. Uh, I'm going to bring it back down to earth. What does the <laughs> word strong mean to you, Ryan Bone? Yeah, strong to me means um, I, I like to think of it more, more of bravery, more of resilience than it is just the simplicity of being physically uh, impressive. I, uh, I, I was in the military. My, my grandfathers were in the military. Uh, I have friends that have served and died in the military. And, and, and for me, strength is strength is courage. Strength is willingness to push forward beyond comfort zones and just say look screw it i don't care i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna have i'm gonna do it regardless uh, whatever your motivation is it's it's willingness to push forward into the unknown so strength for me is more around mental resilience than it is around physicality but they're obviously linked but to me that's what that's what strength is really about yeah it's nice as well because you've went through the experience of 
building up as a tennis player and then not crossing that bridge yeah. and then you've had faith in this small sport or was a so small sport you spent five years building up a youtube channel and now you're bearing the fruits of of that sort of mindset so yeah that's awesome to hear yeah it's it, it's it's definitely been rewarding and that's what i i, I hope that it, it ultimately all ends up as a blueprint for other other people to see it and go shit i that worked for him brian he actually yeah. did it um why not do it as well so yeah hopefully it all ends up flowing downhill if he can do it i can do it so that moves on to the last yeah. question obviously i don't want you to hold hold any bias all right i don't want any answers of uh, politicians settling things over uh, an arm wrestling match but or what, no bikini pageant answer <laughs> <laughs> what would ryan bowen do to change the world if he could and we want this camera included yeah. <laughs> what would I do to change the world? Um, should I? I would make John Brzezink <laughs> eternal in his life. I, 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 don't, I don't want to see that man die. I, I want to see him. I, I love when champions, when champions dominate forever. And John Brzezink, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of the dude. I think statistically he's been more dominant in his sport than any other athlete in any other sport and so i just want him to keep going forever john don't retire just keep killing it there long live john brazil you just had the chance to change the world in any way you want and you fanboyed hard <laughs> justifiable justifiable yeah, I, I won't deny I, I got a serious i got a definite man crush on john brazil <laughs> So there Thank we have it. <laughs> so there we have it. Ryan Bourne has That's a, the only a clip crush. that's getting used on the sound clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on that note, is there anyone you want to call out? Uh, oh, there's a long list of people. Like I said, um, I, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to conclude the story with Justin Bishop from the USA. I want to pull Bojidar Simeonov from uh, Bulgaria uh, after I crush Coach, Coach Ray at East First West. Um, oh. And I think... Look, look, I, I wouldn't mind actually showing Larry Wheels how to how to beat Khaled. Look, I can do that too. Fair. But I, I had a little poke and jab <laughs> at, at Ray there. Was it, you're going to crush Coach Ray. Coach Ray has been on well, our good, podcast here. We, we, we might be... Uh, you know. <laughs> so Coach Ray I'm going to beat football. Coach Ray. I'm going to beat Coach Ray so bad. He, I want Coach Ray to walk away. I want you to ask Coach Ray... How far, like, where's Ryan's level? And I want him to say, I don't know. I couldn't feel it. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, what I want to do to catch right. Somewhere in the cosmos. <laughs> anyway, we're going to conclude the strong cast there. Long live John Brzezink. It's probably the message of the strong cast today and that Ryan has a crush on him. Um, but again, yeah, thank you so did. much, Ryan, for, for coming on. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. And it's great to see you growing alongside the sport. And uh, hopefully we can get you over for future King of the Tables. Uh, get some some uh, athletes lined up on the chopping block for you beautiful no i really appreciate it guys thank you so much for inviting me on and for spreading the good news of uh, long living john brzank and all things arm wrestling so yeah thanks guys awesome thank thanks you so very much bye-bye make sure to click the links below and make sure you subscribe uh like and comment hit that bell <laughs> goodbye <laughs> cheers sports social podcast network